Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shirman Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom. We are now in Masachet Babakama in the 10th chapter, looking at the third Mishnah, which is at the bottom of Kufiyot Dalad Amud Bet. Hamakir Kela was for Abiyad If somebody recognizes some of his property, his vessels, his clothing, uh, his books, in somebody else's hand, in other words, there's a, somebody who now has his property. And also, this is somebody who the word went out that he had had a theft. Then The purchaser can take an oath how much he spent. In other words, we figure there's three players here. There's the Nigzal, who's making the claim. There is an unseen Ganav. And there is the Lokeach, who now has the stuff. So the Lokeach takes an oath how much he spent to, to buy it. And then that's how much the Nigzal pays him and gets his property back. And But if there isn't a report that this guy had a theft, he doesn't have the wherewithal or the power to extract his property back because our assumption is he really sold it to somebody else and this other fellow bought it and it was all legit and now the guy has a seller's remorse so he uh, is claiming that it was stolen. All right. Who cares if the report went out? Perhaps he sold it. And then he put out the rumor to be able to set this up. Let's play out the story. That there were people who were in his house. There were people in his house. We saw people come into his house. And then later that night, we hear him yelling, my stuff was stolen. So, well, that certainly could be a case that he's setting it up. He said, Rav added something more. There was a sort of a way dug out that people had snuck out of his house. That the people who had come in and stayed at his house, the guests, uh, are, uh, were seen leaving the house with uh, bundles of things on their shoulders. And everybody's saying, this guy's stuff was stolen. But maybe his stuff was stolen, was clothing, and now he's claiming books. People say, oh, his books were stolen also. Maybe his books that were stolen were small books. And he's claiming big books. In other words, maybe the stuff he's claiming back isn't stuff was stolen. People identify the name of the Sefer that was stolen. Maybe the books that were stolen were old books, and now he's claiming some new books back. In other words, they, they weren't his. People are saying these are the books, and they identify these particular books as having originally belonged to him. But if that's the case, then Rav is saying, in that case, you have to pay back. If somebody burrows his way into a house, steals stuff and comes out, he doesn't have to pay back. My time, because he, he bought them with his own life. Because remember the halacha, somebody is found burrowing into the house, you could kill him. And so therefore, since this guy at a particular point was chayav mita, or was liable to die, therefore, any lesser payment, he sort of offered. He sort of like earned his way, he earned his stripes, as it were. Now the answer is that when do we say somebody acquired it? If he's bab machter, he sneaks into the house. Because originally he put himself, kind of risked his life. These guys came into the house like guests. They came in through the front door. 
And then they stuck out with the stuff, lo, then Rav wouldn't say it. Okay, I'm a Rav, lo, shanuel, abalabayta, surdim, korkelav. He said, this only applies to a householder who sells his stuff. He's a guy who regularly sells stuff. Then there we have all the requirements that the Edom have to testify exactly which book it is, etc. But a guy who doesn't normally sell his stuff, you don't have to check so much to have such testimony. Maybe the guy, even though he doesn't normally sell stuff, this time he needed money and so he sold it. So for that it's enough that a report went out that he had a theft. Eatmar. Let's say a guy stole, he sold the stuff, and then we find out who the thief is. Who does the nignav go to? Does he go to the buyer or to the ganav? Rav So Rav says, meaning that you go to the ganav. No, you go to the lokeach. Now, Amrav Yosef, we're going to have several approaches to resolve this disagreement or explain what they're disagreeing about. Yosef, lo pligi. So Yosef says there is no disagreement. If there was no ye, no yeush at all, then hadini Then he can go after the lokeach, like Rav Chista said, if you recall, that if somebody steals and there is no yeush yet, and somebody else comes along and takes it, the guy, the nigzal can go to either one of them. But if he already had yeush, then he has to go to the ganav. Not to Lokeach. Lokeach has it. Tavayu eat ledu Rav And both Rav and Rav Yochanan accept Rav Chista. That's take number one. Amar le Abaye. Abaye challenges Rav Yosef. Says, Velo Pligi. Do Rav and, and, uh, and um, Rav Yochanan not disagree about this? Watch this. Hamatnot kahuna kalifni yeyushtami. If a Kohen buys some food, but bury inside of it their matnot kahuna that he's supposed to get, he's not meet yeyush on them. Upligi, let's see. Nan, Amarlo Mechorli Me'ashel Para. If a Kohen comes up to a guy and says, Sell me the innards of that Para, Vayuban Matanot, and among them were some things that he's supposed to get. He has to give it to the Kohen and not take off the price of that. Let's say the Kohen bought it by weight. No, no, the Kohen Menakelominadamim. Then he takes off the price. That's only if the Kohen waited on his own. If the tabach, if the the shochet, uh, sorry, if the seller waited, but if the shochet waited, then hadinim tabach, then you have to go after the tabach. So you see here, and this is Rob's explanation, that even in a case where there is no yeush, you still go after the the uh, the um, the second guy. So ema afdinim tabach. No, what he meant was not that you only go after the second guy; you can also go after the second guy. Why? What's the chiddush? You might think that there's no din of gzeil at all. Kamashlan, there is. Okay, but Abaya who says against Rav Yosef that Rav and Rav Yochan really do disagree. We're not resolving it. But my plea, what's the disagreement about? The answer is very simple. But Rav Chista, they disagree about what happens if there's a gzeila and a third person comes along and takes it. Can the nigzal go straight to the third person because there was no yeush? So Rav Yochanan will say. That um, that he can. Rav will say no. You, you go to the. Um, um, sorry, Rav will say that um, that you go directly to the Ganav. Rav Yochanan will say no. You can go to the the third party. Okay, Rav Zvida Mar he has a different take. He's, he creates the scenario as follows. That we have a, uh, a situation where the um, where the yeush happened 
after it was stolen, but before, um, but the Yerush happened after it came to the Lokeach. In other words, Kolzman, as long as the Ganav had the property, there was no Yerush. But after he sold the property, the goods, to the Lokeach, at that point, the, um, the owner gave up on ever getting it again. And, uh, and let's see how that plays out. Um, um, that one will hold that if you have Yehush first and then there's Shinrishut, then there's Kinu, that is a Kinyan, but Shinrishut Vahakach Yehush Lokani. But if it happens in the opposite direction, it doesn't work. It only works if there's Yehush while the Ganav has it, and then he sells it, then the, the next guy has a Kinyan. So therefore, in that case, Rav would hold that position and say, since the Yehush happened afterwards, you go to the Ganav. Rabbi Yochanan will say it doesn't matter what order happens, and either way he's Kona, and therefore you go after the Lokeach. That's his take. Papa Amar Biglima. We're talking about, let's say, uh, like a cloak. Will all, everybody will agree that it comes back to the original owner. Here that it's got, the issue is, do we have an application of Takanata Shuk? Takanata Shuk is not exactly clear what it is, uh, what it means, but for right now, we use the following uh, definition, that it means that if somebody buys an item in the shuk that turns out to be a stolen item, and we're going to deal with takana to shuk from here to pretty much to the end of the Gemara, then they made a takana that you don't have to return the item as is, you could take the proper money for it, and then the nigzal has to go after the ganav to try to get the money back. All right, that's takana tashuk. So now that's the result of Takanat Hashuk. So according to Rav Zvid, the machloket between Rav and Rabbi Yochanan is, uh, sorry, Rav Papa, the machloket is whether or not Takanat Hashuk applies it. Rav Mishmet Rav Chiyamar, Hadinim Arishon, you go to the Ganav. Why? Dina de Lokeach, Delish Kozuzimi Ganav. Really, the Lokeach should go back and get his money from the Ganav, who sold it to him. Vulasubo Takanat Hashuk. In other words, you could take it from the Lokeach, and then he's going to go to the Ganav. All right, so therefore, Rav says that's what Mehadinim Arishon means, that the din is going to go between the Lokech and the Ganav, and you can get your stuff back for free. Meaning, really, the Balabayit has to pay for the item to get it back. That the Lokech who bought this item in the Shuk should not have to lose it without getting his money back, and then the, the, the Nigzal has to go to the Ganav to try to get his money. All right, now let's say, Does Rav really think that Takanat Hashuk does not apply here? Ravuna Talmide de Rav Have. Ravuna, you know, was the Talmud of Rav. So we assume anything Ravuna, any of his rulings, are going to be consistent with those of of Rav. And V'chanan uh, Bisha, there's a story about a guy named Chanan Bisha. Bisha means bad, so he's got a reputation as a bad guy. Ganav Glim of Azavna, he stole a cloak or something and he sold it. Out of the Kamed Ravuna, it was brought before Ravuna, Marle Lahu Gavri told the, the, um, the, uh, the Nigzal, Zil Shari Avitach, go get your collateral back. Meaning that there is Takarat Hashuk here, and you can go get it back without having to pay, and then it's his problem. Shani Chanan Bisha came into Lake of Lishtalumimine, Kalohu Kardami. So the answer was that Chanan Bisha, because he had this one thing, he sold it, now he had no, uh, funds and there was no way to get money out of him. Therefore, it, we consider it as if, like, 
we don't recognize the Ganav, and therefore um, he was able to go, uh, the Nigzal was able to go and seize the property directly from the Lokeach, and the Lokeach would then have the problem. So that doesn't mean that Rav says we never make takana, that we don't make takana tashuk. In this case, he would say that that uh, that we um, that we don't. Um, okay, I'm a Rava. Im ganam for some who takana tashuk. There is no takana tashuk in the case of a ganav who's famous. Ava chanan bishom for some have. Kanabish is a famous guy. They'd made Takanatashuk in his case and said you could seize the item back without having to pay. The answer is By the way, the reasoning behind that is that if this guy who's selling you is well known to be a Ganav, then you shouldn't buy it from him. And we're not going to make Takanatashuk to help you, the buyer, out in such a case. So the answer is Bisha is a famous guy when it comes to the fact that he's a rotten guy, but um the fact that he is um that he is a thief that was not well known All right. um itmar ganav uparabakhovo let's say that a guy stole something and he used it to pay back a debt ganav uparabakhovo or to pay back a line of credit he had at the store lo asubo takanatashuk in that case there is no takanatashuk why da amri lo adatu da hanu yahavi lemidi the the uh, creditor or the lender did not give him the credit based on this item, and so therefore um, the the loca- the the nigzal can't go to the storekeeper or to the malve who got this stuff back and take it from them and seize it. He has to buy it from them. Now, if you have a normal kind of collateral which is worth a lot more than the than the real loan, asubo takanatashuk. Then there is takanatashuk because it's clear you lent the money based on that. Shava b'shava. What if the collateral is worth the same amount of the loan? Because that no, that's not normally the loan. So therefore, you weren't lending based on that collateral. He disagrees and says they did. And what's the halacha? Is that there is takanatashuk? We'll see this in a minute. Zvina shava b'shava. If you sold something for the fair market value and it was a stolen item, asubo takanatashuk. Then there's takanatashuk. But if you sold it for an exorbitant price, and the result is there's always which means when you bought something in the shuk, turns out to be a stolen item, then um, you uh, you will um, be able to have it uh, bought back from you and won't lose it. Except in the case where the guy, uh, sorry, there'll be takanatashuk where the fellow can get it back. Except in the case where uh, the ganav uh, used the you to pay back the debt or something like that. In which case it doesn't apply. Now here's the following uh, story. Avimi bar Naze Chamua de Ravina. He was his father-in-law. Masik There was a guy who owed him four zuz. Ganav glima atyaniele. He this this fellow stole a cloak and brought it to him as payment. Osfe arba zuziachrini. He then lent him another four, and it's unclear whether or not that glima was serving as sort of as a pledge or what. In the end, we figured out this guy was a ganav. So he came to his son-in-law and said, "Rebbe, my son-in-law, what do I do?" Amar Kamai said, "The first four zuz ganav parabachovo. That's the case of ganav parabachovo, and so therefore." 
the uh, there is no takarat hashuk, and therefore the nigzal who's now coming to claim it, you have to give it to him. He doesn't have to pay you at all. But the last four, there you can get paid for it. Matkif the Rav Cohen, so Rav Cohen challenged this, said, Vidilma Glima Bahani Zuzi Maybe the first four Zuzim he paid because he got the Glima, Ganam Prabhakovo, Ganam Prabhakifo. Maybe the last four Zuzim, he was just giving him on trust. And had nothing to do with the Glima. Just like he originally trusted him when he lent him the four. Which means that really uh this guy won't get paid for anything. Ultimately, this came to Rabbi Avahu. Amar Hilchotak Rabbi Nachor. Rav Cohen's right, and this guy doesn't get anything back. Now, the last piece is a story about people from the three different locations. Narshah. There was a guy from Nersh. Gone of Safra. He stole a book. Zavne the Papuna and Betamnan Zuzi. He sold it to a guy from Papuna, Papunai, for eighty zuz. Azavunai Zavne the Marmachuza Meyavestin Zuzi. He sold it to a guy from Machuza for one hundred twenty zuz. So this thing was originally worth, let's say, 80. It's now being sold for 120. And there's three players. There's a Ganav, a Lokeach, and a second Lokeach. The Sofukar Ganav. We finally found the Ganav. So Amar Bayi, Leza Mari de Safra. The owner should go, Viyayvle the Barmachuza Tamnan Zuzi. He should go to the Barmachuza, who bought it for 120. Pay him 80. Shaka Sefer. Take his book. And that guy should go now. He should go to the guy who sold it to him and have him pay him the 40, um, that he's missing. Matgav Rav, Rav challenged Abai and said, Think about this. If you buy from a Ganav, you have Takanat Hashuk, where you'll get your money back. So certainly, if this guy is the second buyer, this Mechuzoi, who bought it for 120, why should he be out 80? And we should be out 40. You have to go to that final buyer and pay him what he was paid, which is 120. Shakal Sefer, take your book. And then he, who is now out 120, should go get 40 from the Papunai, which was his profit, and 80 from the original Ganav for the price that he sold it for. Okay, we'll hold off at this point. Pick up with Mr. Dollar in the next podcast. In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day.